the biggest thing that we are dealing with right now in reference to you know transitioning from you know i'm i'm in that guy's in my friend's spare bedroom and i'm getting phone calls and creating tickets i'm remoting into computers and fixing problems and setting up servers etc the biggest transition from that to today where i've got you know uh 13 14 staff members um is uh delegation and communication those right there are the biggest absolutes because I am so used to just being the guy. Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, is a business transformation coach with Admentis, where he coaches business leaders and their teams with a proven set of principles and tools helping them gain clarity in and get more of what they want from their business. Make sure to stick around until the end of the show, and we will reveal how you can become our next guest. Hello, everybody. Jeff Chastain here again with the Building to Scale podcast, where I get the opportunity really to speak with entrepreneurial business leaders and influencers, really just hearing their stories, sharing their stories of both challenges and successes as they've gone through their entrepreneurial journey and really gotten their business to where it is today. Uh, today's guest with me, I have Mr. Dylan Todd here with WellTech IT, a, an IT managed services firm out in Midland, Texas. So first off, welcome to the show, Dylan, and thank you for taking a bit of your time out of your day here. I know IT land can be busy and chaotic at times, so hopefully we're catching on a smooth day here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jeff. So tell us a little bit more about, about WellTech, about how that kind of came about. Sure. So um I had had a few uh, prior managed services jobs and a buddy of mine came to me and, and told me that he thought I was, I was too good at what I did. And, and, and uh, he thought, man, this guy really, he needs to, he needs to start his own business. He, he, he had had his own business at that time. And he saw the, what I guess was the entrepreneurial spirit that he thought that I should kind of engage in. And so he asked me what I needed and I told him, well, what does anybody need money? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, um, he, you know, I, he had a lot of confidence in me and he, he basically gave me what would be about three months worth of salary. Um, and I, I came up with some other money in a few different ways and um, basically bought some, some used equipment on eBay um, and uh, office out of his extra bedroom for, you know, <laughs> for gosh, what would that be? Probably three or four months. And, you know, I, I thought in the back of my mind, if I can't make this work in 90 days, um, I need to not do this. And so that was the approach that I took. It was kind of the burn the ships approach. So I, uh, I, I basically started and uh, we were able to actually move from that extra bedroom at his house because I knew if I office at my house, it would not work <laughs> um, as most people probably are. <clears throat> but I moved from my office or from his uh, spare bedroom to a small like rented office that we split the rent on and um, just sort of slowly, slowly grew. And I was actually able to pay him back, I think within six months or so. Impressive. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so we, we started right. pretty well. It's like, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. So um, just, you know, ran through that year. That was 2014. Um and uh, gosh, what was it? The end of 2014 was when the oil dropped out uh, pretty severely. And yep. so I, I was pretty, I was kind of worried about that for sure. 
And, you know, I, I'm a Christian. And so that's something that I, uh, you know, trust the Lord in. And uh, he's brought us to now we're hitting year seven here and we're going strong. So what kind of client base have you got out there? Are you primarily facing oil uh, companies or working with oil companies or what, what kind of companies? So are you, are you targeting anything specific or are you just general IT for anybody business? Sure. So, so we've never really found that for us to be specific to any particular vertical was, was better than not to be. Um, we, we've, so in, in that way, we're not specific really. Uh, we do, I think we do for the customers that we have, we have pretty good processes in place. Um, and so, you know, I think if we can take those processes for those and, you know, kind of expound upon them in their vertical, I think that maybe we could align ourselves to a particular vertical that way. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. And it's, like I said, early on, when we were talking, I've got background in technology and everything. And it's one of those almost kind of foundational layers I look at that, okay, there's, there's a layer there for every business that you need the same backup services, you need the same patch management services, things like that, that are really applicable across the board. And you, you can, you can get specific on certain industries, but it's in a lot of ways, I, I look at that still as the same as the business foundation. There's, there's the same foundation layer kind of thing under, under every business. You've got to deal with people, you got to deal with payroll, you got to deal with vendors, things like that, that just are going to happen across the board, no matter what. Everybody needs to print. Everybody yep. needs to uh, run payroll. Everybody needs to use email. They're, you're exactly right. And I think that, you know, for the majority of our customers, they don't have tons and tons of specialized software. I mean, you know, with the cloud these days, it's almost all cloud-based and nobody's really using these, you know, large, large, uh, expensive, laborious CRMs anymore, you know, SAP and things like that. Everything's in the cloud. So it's kind of taken, I feel like that's taken a lot of pressure off of us as the smaller, more generalized MSPs to not have to be as specific in those ways. Yeah, no, I can see that for sure. So talk to us a little bit. Obviously, uh, your background, I was actually just pulled up your profile again, looking at it. I, we're both actually out of North Texas, uh, University of North Texas and Denton. I didn't realize that one. But mm -hmm. um, so talk to me a little bit about that transition kind of thing from single IT, single technician, single uh, computer science, or you said information technology, but still that field to now being business owner. What is what does that look like for for your day to day realm or just what, what kind of transitions have you seen there and trying to make that change? Yeah, so um, it definitely it's definitely a change. <laughs> it's definitely not easy. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the book. Gosh, um, it's a it's a book that uh, a mentor of mine shared with me, and um, it it talks in going from being the technician or being the person who who does the job on a day to day basis and transitioning into um, the business owner and, and what, and what that looks like and, and why people do that. And then what people actually step back and realize, Oh my gosh, this is not anything like what a I wanted or B it, it wasn't easy because I feel like there's a, uh, there's a presumption that, you know, if somebody owns a business, if they're a business owner, they are a wealthy and B it is uh, a dream. <clears throat> and both of those things can be, completely wrong. They can be right too, but uh, I don't think a lot of times people actually get into and, and know how hard it actually is to, to make that transition that you're talking about. Um, and then to keep with it with consistency over time 
to then hit that end goal where people are seeing and, and it's just, it's just not easy. It takes hard work days after days after days. It's definitely a transition for sure. And it's, to me, that's what I see a lot of times with the entrepreneurial type is that you've got a background in technology. Somebody's got a background in medical or a background in finance or whatever. And they're really going out to solve an issue or they've got an idea that they want to go bring out. And now it turns into a business. It's like they don't go out necessarily to say, hey, we're just going to go build a new business and then figure out what this business is going to do kind of a thing. Very, very few of us ever go in saying, hey, yeah, we're just going to go be business owners. We want to aspire to be a CEO kind of a thing here. We've got another passion typically. But to your point, yeah, it's like, okay, all of a sudden you you can't be the frontline IT technician. You can't be setting up the servers. You can't be doing that stuff. You've got, it's like, there's another 14, 15 people here now, depending upon me, got to step up and and be at a different level kind of a thing. And that can be, is a definite difficult transition potentially, but yeah, it can be a, a for sure different world for you in terms of your day-to-day outlook, day-to-day operations there. I think, Jeff, the biggest thing that we are dealing with right now in reference to, you know, transitioning from, you know, I'm, I'm in that guy's in my friend's spare bedroom and I'm getting phone calls, I'm creating tickets, I'm remoting into computers, I'm fixing problems, I'm setting up servers, et cetera. The biggest transition from that to today where I've got, you know, uh, 13, 14 staff members um, is uh, delegation and communication. Those right there are the biggest absolutes because I am so used to just being the guy and, you know, it's not Dylan Todd, well tech, or excuse me, it's not Dylan Todd IT services. It's well tech IT. And, you know, I I feel like we've done well in disassociating between the two. Um, We do what are called uh, TBR meetings or technology business review meetings, which means that based on the size of the customer, we have a reoccurring meeting with them under the terms of our MSA. And uh, we'll go meet with them as, as often as quarterly or as minimally as once a year. And doing that, we get a good feel of where the customer is, where their business is, um, you know, prior projects that we've handled for them, future projects that you know, maybe they're opening a new branch in a new city, something like that. And uh, I, used to, I used to do all of those. I used to, I mean, it just goes further and further and further back to where I did literally everything. And now these days, uh, that's not the case. And, and I'm, I'm having, uh, it's, it's hard to keep in mind that I have people in my staff who are literally here for those things. And for me, and it's not my job anymore. And I need to, you know, when I have somebody pop in my office and ask me a question and I say, oh yeah, sure, go do that. And then, <laughs> and then they, I get a, a Teams message from another colleague that says, hey, did you tell this person to go do this? And I'm like, yeah, I did. And I didn't bring it. I didn't call you. I didn't communicate at all. Cause it's just, it's just what I'm used to. It really yep. is. It's such a hard thing to break. And I think anybody watching this will maybe, you know, understand that and know like, Hey, I might have 13 or 14 employees. We might be doing, you know, $3 million a year in revenue, but those struggles are still real struggles that I'm still dealing with today. Yeah, no, it really is. And that's the biggest, one of the biggest issues or changes I see moving from even still that five to six kind of player, because at that point, you're still one team, everybody's still meeting together in the same room doing things. Once you start crossing that seven, eight, nine, 10 plus, you got to start putting some more structure, some more organization, potentially even some layers kind of thing in place there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all of a sudden, like you're saying, it's not just, hey, everybody drop in on, on, on 
Dylan's office here and asking questions, all of a sudden, hey, we've got actually got some structure on this, some, some processes, some procedures, things like that. Just if nothing else, for your time, for your sanity, you can't have yes. people dropping in every day, every, every minute kind of a thing there. Hey, can you take care of this? Can you do this? Like, no, it needs to be your job. You need to be empowered to do that. And yeah, that's one of the biggest changes that honestly, I would say we were talking about my MSP years back. That was one of the things we had the hardest time with of saying, okay, how do you grow beyond that five to six players to something bigger? Because mm -hmm. it's no longer just this complete ad hoc mesh of people. Now you're actually having to build teams and build structure kind of a thing. And that's, that's a challenge there for a lot of entrepreneurs really moving to that next level. Cause at that point you're going beyond the, the little boutique IT firm that there's a million of them out there because they're all two or three guys that got together or girls that says, Hey, we know technology, we know patches, we know whatever kind of a stuff. We can go for, form our own company versus you get to the ones like you're talking about 14, 15 players at that point. Now you're actually getting a technically a quote real firm that, okay, we've got, we've actually got some capabilities here. And hopefully when you're looking at it from people's standpoint, you're looking at hiring people that are honestly smarter than you are in certain areas, kind of a thing to where it's not, like you said, it's not the Dylan show anymore. It's, it's the That's overall right. company. That's right. I think I've even said that, Jeff, I think I've even said, I don't want to be the smartest person here. I not, not that I need to be the dumbest person here either, but, <laughs> but I, I, I've said that before to my staff that I, I am, you know, I am relying on everybody here to do their individual part um, for us to grow as a business. We're not doing this on me anymore. And we're not doing this on two or three of us anymore. Each person has that aspect that they're responsible for on a day-to-day -day basis. And when we all, can um, you know pretty well stay in our lane and uh, communicate. I think that that's how we can grow and be successful. So, what have you done to help facilitate some of that delegation, some of that that communication there? Or is that still like an ongoing learning process? Oh, it is. It is an ongoing learning process. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, tons and tons of Seinfeld, but uh, you know, in Seinfeld, during I think it's during Christmas, they talk about the listing of grievances for Festivus. Yep. And um, so I created a, a bi-weekly meeting <laughs> for my main two managers, my service manager and my operations manager. Um, and our meeting is called the listing of grievances. <laughs> and basically uh, it's a time for us to sort of compile anything and everything that's going on, uh, you know, on a, on a bi-weekly kind of, you know, every, every two weeks and come together and talk about particular things that need to be dealt with. Because I kind of figured out that the way I communicate is, you know, I'll kind of throw things here and there every once in a while, I'll, I'll say things in passing, but, you know, and for me too, this is the case that if I'm not maybe met with and, and like sat down and, and communicated with in a more official way, then I may not be totally listening and I may not be totally engaged in hearing what the person's saying and then trying to put some action behind a resolution. And so uh, we've started doing that. We just started that actually not that long ago, but we just started doing that. And I think that that's gonna be really helpful to have that consistent meeting with both of my two managers to where anything and everything gets aired in that hour long meeting that we have every two weeks. And then we can come up with resolutions or if I need to ask questions, um, we just had, I just had one with my service manager yesterday, asked a bunch of questions. And so in two weeks from yesterday, we'll come back to the table. He'll give me all the answers and then we'll kind of dialogue on what we want to do next. And so we, we do that also with 
other people in the business. We, we've tried to start getting uh, on a, uh, every six months doing uh, reviews with employees uh, on, on a one-on-one basis so that everybody feels like there's somewhat constant communication there on a one-to-one basis um, with leadership. And then we do what's called a daily huddle every morning, which is the entire company uh, in the lobby of our office. Uh, and we go through a, what's called our huddle report. It talks about different metrics from the prior day. Um, you know, how much time was put in across, you know, each employee that day, uh, how much time was wasted, um, how, or not accounted for, should I say, yeah. um, how much time was put in across, you know, all these customers and uh, how much, uh, what tickets were open that weren't closed yesterday, how much of them are stuck, if you will. Um, we just kind of go through that report, 15 minute meeting, it's supposed to be rapid fire. And we basically can probably come away with that meeting, knowing a little bit more target, targetedly that what we should be doing that day. So multiple ways we're trying to do that in multiple yeah. ways. Oh, it's, I like it in the, the two-week meetings of saying, okay, yes, this is a planned structure because you're putting structure together to say, okay, this is when we're going to talk about the issues. Don't, don't sit here and rapid fire me every day kind of a thing, stick your head in and, and, and distract kind of a thing. Because like you said, nobody, nobody stays on track there, but especially the huddles. I've seen that and worked with a number of companies on that, that it just gives you, if nothing else, that sense that, okay, person A now knows what person B is working on. So it's, it's just again, a little bit more knowledge there that even though they may not be involved, if they do come up with something or do they do, hey, I've seen this issue before kind of a thing, it just gives you that better communication overall, just better feel of the, the entire company. So I, I like that concept and like you're, you're playing with that one. Yeah, for sure. It's worked well for us. I think we've been doing it now, man, maybe two years or so, maybe a little bit longer. And, and so it, it's, I think it makes a tremendous difference, Jeff, it, just having that additional 15 minutes all together each morning. I mean, sometimes it's dull and drab and, and, you know, just there's not a whole lot going on and we just go to the report and then that's it. But sometimes like it's fun. We're joking around. Sometimes I try to play, I've got a Sono speaker in the lobby and I try to play music for everybody to walk into like, you know, like the Macarena or something like that, something dumb and fun. Um, and, and we also go through a list of fundamentals uh, as well that I kind of want to ingrain in as the company culture and so I'll send an email out each Sunday about one of those fundamentals and sort of a applicant application about it. And, uh, and then I'll try to talk about it throughout the week in the huddle meeting um, and then throw gift cards at people during the huddle meeting if they're, you know, uh, talking, you know, because I mean, in the tech field, we know a lot of people are not real talkative, they're not real social. <clears throat> and we've got some really social people too for, for being an IT company, but we also have some some quieter ones, and so it's always always try to want to reward that when uh, you know they they pipe up and they they give a good example, and so I'll throw a Starbucks gift card or a Chick Fil A gift card or something like that at them, and I think that just helps make it a little funner, good way to start the day. No, I like that. I like that, it's the overall culture kind of a thing. You're you're trying to get them involved and say, hey, everybody's part of this kind of a thing. So that's that's cool that you're looking at, at doing that kind of a thing because it really does specific to the IT, like you're saying, there, there's a lot that would just as soon hide in their dark little cubicle and then be just fine right there. That's right. So we talked about this a little bit before we got on. When you're looking at planning or looking at New Year's kind of a thing, what are you doing from a, a goal setting perspective or how are you how are you approaching for that matter in 2021 coming into this right now? <clears throat> sure. So, um, you know, 2020 was obviously not the year that we wanted it to be. Um, but I think I'm speaking for not just IT, but any business owner 
in the fact that 2020 just did not, you know, if just like 2021, I'm going in with lofty goals. Uh, I did that in 2020 and we had to adjust those goals in the first quarter pretty quickly. And so, um, you know, we, we, to give you a little bit of background, we did an acquisition of another company uh, from Odessa that uh, came about, you know, in the very end of 2018. And we actually hit the ground running in 2019. We brought over all their employees and uh, all their accounts. And um, we grew 151% that year. Nice. It was, it was just huge. It was a huge growth. Um, You know, and so coming off of a huge amount of growth like that, we're thinking, man, 2020 is just going to rock. We are going to get this. And, um, you know, we were actually by the end of 2020, ran the numbers the other day, and uh, we were actually down 50%. So, um, you know, it, like I said, it didn't, quite happen the way that, that I wanted to, but, you know, I'm trying to also be realistic with my goals. Um, so I, you know, I, I, like I mentioned to you previously, uh, we, I take a, a retreat each year with a group of friends of mine who also own businesses and we sort of just go around the room and we talk about goals. We talk about, um, uh, what prior years looked like, what we want the next year to look like. And we just kind of plan. And so we try to do that in the first part of January every year. It's probably been the fifth year, sixth year that I've done it. And um, the company's only seven years old. So done it for most of what I've had the company. And so I've got a, got a whole bunch, I've got 11 goals that I'd like to hit this year. Um, some of them are short-term goals, like by the end of, you know, January, February, other ones are long-term goals. You know, I'd like to hit this metric by, you know, the end of the year. And so, uh, you know, I basically bring those up to the group and they, um, they try to poke holes in them and they say, well, how are you going to get there? And, and what's measurable that you can do, you know, if it's a, by the end of the year goal, what can you do by the end of the first quarter to actually get you there? And those are things all the way from, you know, talking about uh, potentially raising prices on a very minimal scale, since we haven't ever done that, you know, on our service agreements ever. <clears throat> and we've only raised our MS or our, our time of materials prices one time in the history of the company. So um, just things like that all the way to, you know, trying to bring up net profit, trying to bring up gross profit, just trying to bring up sheer revenue. So, um, lots got, got lots, lots on that. Yeah. You're off on it. Well, it's still good in that it's effectively what you're looking at or talking about is, is a, a board of directors kind of group that, yeah, like you said, you can, you can go out there and say, cause a lot of times we'll find that being at the top of a, a business can be kind of a lonely place. It's like, okay, who do I go talk to? Who do I bounce stuff off of? And a lot of times you'll end up with that tunnel vision to say, okay, this is the way we do things. And when you've got that outside group, especially that they're outside group of business owners, they can either question you or push you or even just provide additional insights to say, well, hey, what about this or try this kind of a thing. So that's, that's, that's cool that you've got that group. I wish more entrepreneurs kind of had that group or stepped out looking for that group. Cause that's to me, having that kind of peer leadership is really one of the keys to be able to successfully grow at that point. Yeah. And, and to Jeff, I would be, I would be very, uh, I'd feel terrible if I didn't mention this one particular person. Um, his name is Dan Martin and he used to own uh, half of an MSP in Florida. And he is like our, our MSP mentor, if you will, we have a week, we have a weekly call with him. He owns another business called connect smart where he does, sort of uh, uh, dashboards and reports for MSPs that you can plug all of your, uh, we use ConnectWise for instance, for our CRM. So it's connected directly to ConnectWise and uh, it, it just pulls tons and tons of metrics and puts them in a displayable form. So I have to, I have to rep him because A, those are, those are great resources for us, but B, he has made a, 
a monumental difference in the business from a structure standpoint, because like you said, me coming into this, I'm, I'm coming in, I know how to do the work. I know how to operate the CRM and send the invoices, but you know, like you said, that can get you to that three, four, five people kind of company. But I mean, you really have to restructure and refocus and reorganize everything when you want to get to the 10, 12, 15, 20, so on and so on. And he has helped us do that. Yeah. And, and really even more than that, that, having that mentor, kind of somebody that's been down that path, been down that road that can, can guide right there. Because again, it's a lot of times we're going out and trying to solve things ourselves, figure things brand new. It's like somebody else has already invented that wheel. You don't, you don't need to go reinvent it here. If you can find that right partner, it's like, even as a, a business coach, I've got another coach myself that, that helps with some of those decisions, helps or not decisions, but helps with some of those guidance and, Hey, seen this before with other companies, you ought to try this kind of a thing. So it's really, there's having an outside mentor, having an outside coach, something like that. Yeah, you can figure it out yourself, but you're most likely going to figure it out with a whole lot less pain and a lot less cost, et cetera, if you yeah. got somebody else helping guide the way a little bit. And time. Time yeah. is the killer because we, 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 we have a goal to make money every day, um, but we cannot get our time back. And, and there are multiple things that I think that if I would have run by him or um, maybe listened a little closer, uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe we would not have spent the time and then also the money and everything, the resources, everything else that goes along with that on particular things. So uh, I think it's hugely important to have exactly yep. what you're talking about, that, that personal mentor, coach, whatever you want to call it. So talking about goals and future plans, what is the next five years or so hold for, for your MSP, for your business life, et cetera, looking out a further, a little bit longer distance than just revenues and profits for this year? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I feel like with the way that we've grown up into this point, the way that we took on that 150% growth was um, we definitely, we, we, we definitely took care of all the customers and I felt like we took care of our employees as well. Um, but it was also a little, um, how do you say, uh, crazy. Um, <laughs> it was it was a little crazy. It was, it was vastly more disorganized than I'd like to, you know, admit, but um, you know, I'd like to do another acquisition like that. I'd like to do another um, merger. I'd like to do another, you know, uh, investment maybe or something like that into another company because I see what that has done for us. And I think the situation we were in previously also was a little bit of an Easter egg. Um, but I think that, you know, plugging our money into another company or buying out another company, something like that would definitely be in that plan. I've got that in my, in my goal list this year, but it's sort of a, you know, any, at any point in time this year, I'm just kind of staying on the prowl. Um, and so I, I want to do something that makes sense, but uh, it definitely helped propel us. Maybe not something quite as disorganized though, as what we did previously, because um, it just, it, it was, it was, it was a lot for about yeah. Order, it was a lot. So, the, um, so there's definitely that. Uh, and I think just growing sustainably. I mean, for instance, something like you said, not necessarily just this year, but I think this can be for this year and for future years. For, so for this year, for the first point in time, we actually have an outside salesperson. We, had ne we have never had, other than myself, we have never had a truly dedicated outside sales representative. And we do today. And so we, 
it was, there was a lot that went along with that in reference to training in reference to marketing in reference to um, things like lead lists and, 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 and advertising and things like that. And I had never really done any of that stuff before, but I've got a partner that we're doing that through. And I feel like um, we're going to see some success because the person that we have involved in that is, is a go-getter. And I'd like to see maybe a team of those individuals, uh, you know, in the future, possibly with a sales manager. And that's sort of just its own department altogether. Um, we're, we're farming out uh, marketing right now. Um, and that's not something we've really done a ton in. I've kind of feel like I've been burned previously with other agencies and just, uh, just makes me kind of iffy on wanting to spend money in that area. But I was, you know, I, I have confidence in the presentation that I was given. And so um, in the company that's doing it, um, and so we're, we're doing that this year, we're taking a structured approach. We're going to redo our website. Um, so, you know, I think there's some things that we're doing this year that may show, you know, success or not in how we want to operate over the next three to five years. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, you got to lay the groundwork and then it's walk before you run kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. So I always kind of like wrapping up with, with, uh, one question to say, looking back to say whatever, four or five years ago now, if you had just known one tip, one strategy. Hey, if I just known this, then this process might have been smoother, easier, etc. Almost like we were talking, kind of lessons learned that the the second acquisition hopefully will be much smoother than the first, just because you've already been down that path. But yeah. what what's something that hey, just from a growing and building a business here that comes to mind that says hey, if I had just known this or done this earlier, things might have been a little bit easier. Anything come to mind? Oh yeah, but I'll try <laughs> to be quick. Um, <clears throat> So I remember the first year that I went on that retreat that I was talking about. And um, one of the guys that I went on that retreat with, uh, who's still going with us to this day, he owns a, a glass cleaning company. And um, there is an individual in that, uh, in that sphere of business in the world that um, talks about systems and processes and things like that. And, and he was really, really into that. He had, he had done tons and tons of research and talking about that and, and telling, telling us the other two people in the group, because it was just three people at that point in time uh, about, you know, why we needed to do systems, why we needed to have processes, why we, we needed to have it written down and me coming, you know, uh, and looking at that, I'm thinking, <clears throat> why it's just me. Like, I don't need that. It's, it's all in here. And the, why do I need to spend my, my very valuable time right now? Because I'm trying to run the business basically by myself. Uh, why do I need to spend, you know, days and days and days writing down all these systems? Oh my gosh, what a mistake that is. Well, and I, I say that with a grain of salt too, because yes, it was a mistake for me not to write down systems because the thing he said was, Dylan, you need to operate bigger than you are because truly we, that's what we want to build into is we want to constantly operate with more structure and, and be and, and act bigger than we are so that we have all of that stuff working for us instead of working against us. Um, and so I think if I would have done that, I think I would have been better off probably in the beginning. Um, but also at the same time too, you know, I'm looking at this now from starting the seventh year's perspective and those would have needed to be rewritten by now, if not once, maybe twice. Yeah. Just based on, you know, the growing part of the business, the, the way we changed our approach, because we started just as break fix, like people call me, I give them a solution, I send them a bill, tomato, tomato, it's, it's done. Um, versus today, we're, we're slowly weaning off that break fix model. 
And we're, you know, we're trying to do it in a sensitive sort of, you know, not just throw down the gauntlet kind of way, but um, we're definitely not engaging new customers with break fix. We're only doing managed service agreements. And so, um, you know, I think, I think I could talk, talk to you for the next 30 minutes about things that I wish I would do differently maybe. Um, but I think we all do things for a certain way to learn as well. So I'm appreciative of the learning opportunities that I've gotten as well. Yeah, there's definitely that. But no, speaking to the the process, that's one that a lot of people look at, especially unless you're the detailed process oriented that you like writing those down kind of a thing. Everybody looks that side. I don't want to waste my time doing that. But like you said, especially getting to the point of scaling and growing, if it's in your head, then your team doesn't know how to do it. They've got to continually rely on you versus, okay, if it's written down, yeah, it's going to evolve over time as the business does. But still, that's that's the, really the biggest key on being able to successfully scale and say, okay, I can replicate myself now because effectively I'm replicating the knowledge, the expertise kind of a thing through these processes. So that's, that's one that it's a struggle for a lot of people, but it is so key when it comes term, time to actually grow out the business beyond yourself or beyond that, that initial core team that, okay, you got to be able to hire on salesperson number two or uh, server technician number two kind of a thing. And, as small business, as a big enterprise, you can always go hire somebody and say, hey, yeah, sit next to them and shadow them for the next six months. We don't have that luxury in a small business. We, we can't afford somebody not to be productive kind of a thing, uh, making money here almost mm-hmm. day one kind of a thing. You, you got to be able to sit down. Okay, here's your processes. Here's exactly how you handle this. Now ask questions if you need to, but you, you're ready to hit the ground running kind of a thing here from a small business standpoint. That would be great. I wish that we had more of that, Jeff, unfortunately. Um, I think we get a little bit of that, but I think also we, we do have people shadow for probably a few weeks. Um, and they're not just totally shadowing. We're also kind of trying to throw stuff at them here and there to see how they handle it. Um, but I, I wish that there were definitely more of those people who were, you know, ready to roll essentially right when they come in. So that would definitely be great to have in the future. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really, like I said, that's one of the big keys. So I appreciate the time. Obviously, we're actually running a little bit long here, but I appreciate the time with you here. Uh, if people are more interested in learning more about you or about the company, where can they where can they go find some more information? Yeah, for sure. So uh, our wealth our website is welltech.com, and that's spelled W-E-L-L-T-E-C-K.com. Um, you can go there. All of our contact information is there. Um, you can also find us all on LinkedIn as well. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely have all that in the show notes right here below so they can click on it, jump right over to you. So I appreciate the time taking out a little bit of your your busy schedule, but appreciate the time and the insight today. Thank you so much, Jeff. Y'all have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guests a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes and make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on any of the major social media networks or check us out at admentis.com. 